Hey, this is Chris, and thanks for listening to the China On Podcast. We want to hear from you, so we implemented a system, and it's called Pod Inbox. So if you want to leave us a message, give us some feedback, or interact with us directly, go to www.podinbox.com slash Chinon. All right, dude, you want to do this? Let's do it. All right. Hell yeah. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. This is, I believe, episode nine, China on here with Michael Boley. Thank you very much for joining me, man. It's good to talk Pleasure. to you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you could, I'll give people a little back background on how we met. We met at podcast movement in Nashville earlier this month. Uh, we just walked in, I think the first orientation room, sat down at your table. And then uh, after that presentation thing, we ended up talking for like an hour afterwards. <laughs> but I uh, yeah, I mean, I got a lot out of that thing. But hey, man, if you could just let people know who you are, what you do, and then we'll kind of jump into it. Yeah, for sure. Man, and this is this is a change of pace too. I swear on my on my show, I'm so. Oh man, dude, I talk fast. I'm gonna try to slow it down a little bit here. Um, dude, dude, honestly, do do your thing, man. This is all right. There's no there's no rhyme or reason here. You don't need to you don't need to go fast. <laughs> cool. Well, let me give you a little bit of an overview of a background. So, I I'm currently where I am now. I'm fourth year in my computer science degree. I'm out of Oregon from Portland, born and raised there. Um, one older brother, two awesome parents. And um, you, you notice I study computer science, but really I started getting into sales pretty early. And sales was my kind of lead into learning a lot about personal development and, and self-improvement. And I just got stuck on that topic because I thought it was so interesting and it ended up helping me so much that I started teaching other people and wanting to share those ideas and that's kind of how a little bit how this podcast came about my show control shift mindset um, it's all about teaching these personal development topics and concepts to young adults and college students from a young age so that they can actually benefit from them for the rest of their life so I'm a host on the podcast, I also run a, a relatively small SaaS company. So that's oh, really, a, yeah, yeah. Whoa, I, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> I because I used my computer science skills. I wanted to use them for something, and I still think that stuff is interesting. But long run, I just want to be an entrepreneur. So I don't plan on going into software engineering for somebody, at least not for very long. And so. I, I did develop a, a small SaaS product and I partnered with actually the manager of my sales office to then sell it um, across the company to other sales managers and sales offices. And so that's that's kind of a second project on the side. Um, and I also do a little bit of sales here and there. And that's kind of my active, my active income because this is still kind of starting up. As you know, we're getting started. Sure. It's been a month and a half since we launched the podcast and it's been a lot of fun since then. 
Yeah, man, it's cool. I listened to a couple episodes and it's it's uh it's pretty cool to see somebody your age doing this stuff and just going out and just fucking doing it, man. I mean, yeah. it's it is awesome. I mean, I it's something that I got kind of hung up on maybe when I was younger and I kind of wish I didn't. And it was part of, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You just you just got to keep moving forward. Um, but wait, so talk to me about this SaaS company. What does your company do? Yeah, so it's called Team Tracker, and it's based off of actually it's based off of a, a Chrome extension. Um, the entire thing is built okay. off of Google's platform, pretty much using their ability to make Chrome ex- extensions. And uh, essentially, you have these sales offices that recruit people only to send out social media messages and they have no way or at least their way of kind of tracking the messages being sent was having those representatives or those employees send screenshots of their instagram feed it was terrible and it sucked because you have to go all the way through you have to be scrolling through all of these uh independently sent um screenshots of instagram and so there was really no way that they had that was easy to to get that stuff tracked. And so basically what the Chrome extension does, it gives them the exact date, time, uh, when the message was sent, who it was sent to, who sent it, and if it was the first message sent or if it was a message in a conversation, like if they replied. It basically just allows them to track um, and manage those employees sending out those messages. Wow. So. Okay. And this is for recruiting? Yeah, this is for basically recruiting um, more more sales representatives for the office. Damn, dude. So how did you like, how did you see this opportunity? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, it came about by my sales manager, uh, the manager of my office, bringing up the, the idea that there's a new program that's starting a new program is starting in the company for recruiting people to do these messages to send out these instagram messages it didn't used to be a thing like a year ago wasn't a thing really um so it's just starting it's brand new so there's an opportunity to fill that gap and provide that solution for those offices because obviously there was just nothing there was nothing there for them to be able to manage it so that that was where the initial idea came from he was like hey there's an opportunity here and i was like you know what I could try to figure out a way to make that happen. And slowly and over the past year, I I built something that was kind of a very minimum viable product. And then we pushed it out and got good responses from it. And now we're just kind of growing it from there. So nice. Okay. So um so you had your own company basically as a customer, kind of to start. Is that right? Um, I had, so I was a, I was a sales representative of the office and my manager brought me the idea cause he knows that I knew computer science, that I knew how to program. And so the, the program, the business, what it's meant for the Chrome extension is for helping sales offices. So basically we go to other managers of other sales offices because essentially my manager was saying, Hey, this is something I could really use personally. Like even if nobody else used it, I could really use this. So, um, yeah, that's the relationship. Okay, nice. And then, so you're expanding that out now. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, 
Google, if you didn't know, Google's verification process is tricky sometimes. And it's been maybe the past month now, uh, I've been trying to work through Google's verification process to get our app verified. Because as I told you, it's all on Google's platform. So they need to have they need to know that things are all good on their end for them to allow you to push it out to a broader audience. So that's uh, that's been the process so far. Okay, so you're going through this approval process and dealing with all those hurdles and hoops that you got to jump through. Yeah, exactly. Sounds exactly. fun. Are they? Uh, I thought because okay, I thought Google was kind of like the wild west in terms of the app store. Is that is that just wrong, or is that how it used to be? Or the Google it, Play? Yeah, this is new. Actually, the verifi- this verification process actually they just implemented. I think in the past year. Like just during the pandemic, they 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 added this for. Um, they basically said if you are submitting something that you want to be public, if you want it to be private, then no no problem. If you want it to be only for like test users and like under a hundred people, just like a very small group, you're fine. But if you want to push it out to the public and make it like a, a whole publicly accessible thing, we want to approve pretty much of every single app that comes through this. Wow. Okay. Is there a, is there any end in sight for the approval process or <laughs> very ambiguous? Yeah, I've been like going back and forth and I've had a couple conversations where I've gotten myself past kind of these different checkpoints of the process. And the last thing that you have to do in the approval process is actually make a YouTube video describing like why and how you are using these certain scopes in the program. And they're, they're being picky on my video. They're like, oh, we didn't see this thing. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I go back and I remake it or something like that. And I send it back. And it's kind of this back and forth. But I think that is actually, because that's the last part of the application. I think that's the last part of the approval. So I'm hoping we're getting really close now. So. Okay. It's like, hey, you've got to use our product in order to um, you know, get approval for this. Sounds like a class project or something more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean... <laughs> They got it. They got it super covered in terms of, I mean, their team, it's basically an email every day I send them and then I get an email back. I'm like, okay, I gotta go change this. And then I email them back and then same thing the next day, there's something else to change. So, but you just keep moving and shucking and jiving. So, well, Hey, one thing you said that is interesting because I kind of came to maybe a similar realization, but maybe in a different way, but how did how did sales teach you about personal development and like what kind of insights did becoming a salesperson actually give you in terms of personal development yeah that's a great question in fact probably sales and starting sales was probably one of the hardest things that i've ever done period i used to be really introverted as a kid and, you know, I was so introverted, it was, it was difficult to raise my hand in class if I ever did. And my quiet place was like going to the bathroom to just like hang out, you know? So starting sales was, it was a big deal for me. And I mean, the only thing that I did that was even close to that, that got me outside of my comfort zone was in high school doing theater um, and performing on stage. That was a really big leap for me. And I think that gave me some confidence that I could actually do something like sales. 
And this isn't just like retail sales. This is in-home presentation sales with oftentimes people you don't know at all. So it is... Okay. If yeah. you don't mind me asking, what kind of sales, what what kind of sale K- or product? Kitchen, kitchen sales and knife sales. Nice, Cutlery. dude. You're yeah. doing the old school, like pound in the pavement type thing. Yeah, it's not it's not quite door to door. It's just through recommendation, but it's it's the same deal where you you know you go into people's homes and you do the presentation and um yeah, yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Um <laughs> cool. So so yeah, that 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 was difficult. You know, that was tough for me. Um and in high school, I had studied meditation. I joined a meditation club, eventually became the leader of this meditation club. And I thought that was really interesting. I studied Buddhist philosophy. I read uh, books by like Thich Nhat Hanh and um, these Buddhist monks and thought it was really interesting. And um, when I got into sales, my sales manager, again, he comes into play, mentioned Tony Robbins. And this was my first time hearing about Tony Robbins. I had no clue who he, who he was. But when I when I looked into what he was about in terms of what he taught, I was like, whoa, this, this exists. There's a whole industry around personal development. That's really cool because I saw a lot of, a lot of, a lot of connections between what was being taught by Tony Robbins and what I was learning or what I had learned in Buddhist philosophy. So I saw those connections and I thought it was really interesting. And at the same time, I was going through one of the toughest things in my life, starting sales. And so it made sense for me to read more about it and study it to help me get over hearing no, right? A yeah. lot and having tough, tough points and tough times and down sales weeks and all that stuff. And so really that was my, that was my like savior. That was my way to get through it was reading about personal development, learning about it, implementing stuff. And um, yeah, that's, that's really how how that started and how that helped me. So what, what, what like similarities did you see between like, or I guess, how did you use Buddhist teachings and Buddhist philosophies to actually help with not even just sales, but with the getting past the breakers of sales? Like, you know, when you're trying to get out into the ocean and you're just getting pummeled by the waves, how do you use, how did you use like, Buddhist philosophy to kind of get past that? Yeah. So probably the biggest topic um, and what I learned from Buddhist philosophy is when it comes to perception, because a lot of Buddhist philosophy discusses what is real and what is not real and what, what really is reality. And it comes down to and, and they talk about it. there's different branches, obviously, of Buddhist philosophy, but a lot of it comes down to perception, right? It comes down to the way in which we perceive what is real and what's not real. And so when it came to sales, I have this belief that if you're able to control your perception about something, about what happens, then you're able to control your reality or how you feel something, how you take it, and then how you respond to it. So perception is kind of the first step. And um, in order to do that, in order to notice, and in order to choose to perceive differently, basically, in order to choose your perception, 
you first have to have some form of self-awareness or awareness of your own thoughts or mental processes. And that comes from meditation, in my opinion. It comes from being able to learn how to step outside of your first-person experience and look at your thoughts objectively. And only when you learn how to do that can you change your perception because you need to notice what you're seeing incorrectly. And I'll, I'll tie this back into sales really quickly as an example, but hey, if somebody says no, then to me, I, I get to decide how do I perceive that no. If I perceive it as a, oh no, that person's saying no to like me, my being, my personality, my presentation, then I'm going to take it personally and it's going to cause me to perform worse. I'm going to feel it worse and um, it's going to be a bad experience. Whereas if I can choose to perceive it differently, if I can, uh, if I can perceive that as a, not it's something wrong with me, but hey, that's a, that's a no, well, why? Why is that a no? And I can actually be curious enough to dig deeper and see something a little bit differently as opposed to just closing off and then deciding that it's something personal. And that, that was a super big shift for me. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's trying to have that stuff roll off your back and you, yeah, you really can't take it personally. I think that was that was a big, that was also a big piece for me. One way that it helped me just in a, uh, almost in like a structural or like a practical sense with sales to remove the personal aspect was actually increasing my pipeline. So by part of part of perspective, I guess, yeah, this would be perspective, right? Is if you only have a really small pipeline and you're focusing on a handful of deals, whatever a small amount for your pipeline is, you're so focused on these small group of customers or prospects that you need to sell and I need to do this. And if I don't sell, I'm the, the biggest piece of shit in the whole world. And then, but once you kind of get that pool to be bigger, all of a sudden it's, I need 10% of these things to close instead of, I need 60% of these things to close in order to hit my numbers. I need 10. So yeah, it is. It's interesting. Stepping back, changing your perspective on what's actually in front of you. And it kind of opens up new doors and new ways that you can actually see a path forward and not get stuck in the anxiety of worrying about, you know, am I going to hit these numbers? Uh, is this person going to like me if they don't like me and they, they're going to say no, and then I'm going to be a failure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you don't seem like a, a typical salesperson to me. No. Do you feel like what what kind of impact do you feel like sales has had on your personal life, like on your ability to live a better life, or has it made your life worse? That's a stupid question. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean sales is just to be completely honest, giving me a lot of a lot of confidence. I think that when you go through the fire in some senses and you learn how to not take things personally, it gives you more confidence. When you have to interact with a lot of different people coming from a lot of different backgrounds, 
it gives you confidence that you can communicate with pretty much anybody. You have to communicate oftentimes in sales with people that have different viewpoints than your own. And I think that's one of the things that's one of the most valuable things you can get out of sales is learning how to communicate with almost anybody, no matter what their beliefs, no matter what their background. I think that that's been one of the biggest gifts from sales is giving me just that confidence to to go speak with anybody and know that like I know I know the worst case scenario or I know I know what it's like when somebody says no and I'm no longer like scared of it or afraid of it it's it gives you the ability to push yourself further and and try things because you lose that fear of the no and the worst case scenario in my opinion so so if you were going to tell people to like read certain philosophy or a certain person i mean where would you have them start uh to get started on you mean like uh good good resources maybe like books and and exactly. people to follow so i'd say if you are just getting started with i mean in the so there's kind of the buddhist space that that you know i, I dug into a lot and then there's just like the personal development general space in the buddhist space i mentioned Thich Nhat han earlier um he is actually that was my intro to buddhist philosophy because he makes it very relatable very ground level um understandable by anybody this is not a hard text to read if you go into and, and you look at some of the old uh like <laughs> text written for buddhist philosophy it's it's not the easiest to interpret what's going on, but he makes it very easy to understand. So Thich, Thich Nhat Hanh is one of them, and he writes so many books about it. Like he has, he has just an incredible range of books that he's written um, for the average person. So I think he's great. Um, if you want to go deeper into Buddhist philosophy, there is Nagarjuna. And I don't even know if I can spell that for you. I just remember the pronoun- pronunciation from <laughs> from one of my professors. But uh, but yeah, he he goes deeper into it basically. So there's him. Um, but then when you when you, when it gets to just uh, normal personal development, I think that Tony Robbins' classic Unlimited Power is. I was like, wow, that book was awesome. Even though it's a long book, it's it's pretty thick, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I think I think he's great. And then I also really like uh, Greg Greg McCown, and he talks about like effort effortlessness and essentialism. He's like an essentialist, and those have helped me a lot as well. Oh my gosh, the Four Agreements. You have you read that, dude? Yeah. yeah. You got to start with the four agreements. Honestly, wipe out everything else. Just start with the four agreements. And then from there, you can go into something like Tony Robbins. But I think that's that's like a short, sweet, very basic, like, but so essential uh, book to read on on those topics. So that's where I would go to get started. What was, what was your, and I just, I interviewed, uh, I interviewed my friend Chelsea last night. And I've like, I've been telling her for a long time, read the four agreements listen to the four agreements and uh even my buddy matt he won't fucking read it the bastard but uh like she listened to the intro and was like oh my god like when you read that first intro paragraph of that book what was uh what was your what was your thought process after you read that i mean i knew i was getting into something when when i read the first intro 
um, the book was actually recommended to me by my girlfriend and I almost, I almost never read, read the books she reads. Cause she reads a lot of like a lot of fiction. And this was, she was like, no, you're gonna like this one. Like it's, it's kind of on, on that stuff. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll read it. Um, but yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I knew I was getting into something and, um, it, it was, yeah, I was really, I was really taken aback and, I really enjoyed that book because like I said, the basis that it provides is I, I don't think you can really get it anywhere else in the way, uh, the way he does it in that book. So highly recommend for sure. Yeah. 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 I agree. When I first, when I first read that, I was just reading it like, fuck dude, everything he's saying is like spot on. This is, yeah. this is exactly it. You go through these, different phases and a lot of the stuff you don't even realize that is happening to you because it's over such a, a long period of time. And that's what something that you talked about in your podcast is uh, even going back to the one that you did, not the last one, but the one before it with anxiety and big part of it to stop that cycle is just being aware of what you're doing. If you've got, you call it what negative thought stacking, when that stuff is going on, uh, being aware of it is like the biggest thing. And then part of what I liked about Four Agreements, it was very much like kind of a little bit diving into how to start like peeling back the layers and stop uh, just going down the path that you've been going on because it's what you've always done and what the world thinks you should do. Um, but you did say something interesting about meditation. So why do you, what does meditation do for you in terms of getting a grip on anxiety? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, meditation's helped me so much personally with anxiety because of this reason. And the, I think the best way I can think of to describe it is your brain or you can think of your brain or your mind a little bit like a computer where it gets some input and then it has some processing time, maybe some interpretation time. You process it, you internalize it, and then some output, you give some output. And the input that you get is, you know, it's whatever's coming from the outside the world that stresses you out. It could be something you see, it could be something you feel, it could be something you hear, it could be a notification you get on your phone, whatever it is. You get this input and most people have little to no processing time before they react and output something, if you know what I mean. So they yeah, go directly sure. from input to output and there's almost little to no time to actually take a look at what's going on there. So what meditation enables you to do and what it's helped me do is it gives you more processing time it gives you more of a chance to step back and actually look at what is this input I'm getting from the world and what what are these thoughts that I'm having about it so that you can gain a new perspective on it so that you can shift your perspective and then instead of reacting so quickly, you can respond how you would like to respond. And that's going to make a big difference, obviously, in how you feel about it and how you react and um, 
how you respond to other people because you will have had the time to take a look at it. So on a more, and maybe it's hard to get very concrete with meditation, but maybe on a more concrete level, when you're meditating, you're noticing your thoughts. Well, you're noticing other things as well. And it depends on the type of meditation that you're doing. But the meditation that I've started with and that I think is um, a really great one to start with is just a very basic breathing meditation where you initially you're focusing on your breath and then you might notice thoughts come by and obviously you just want to notice them. You don't want to get caught and stuck in those thoughts and carried away into a train of thought. And then all of a sudden you come to and you're like, whoa, where did I go? Um, but you're gaining basically (laughs) by coming back to that, you come back to, okay, I just got carried away and everybody does as part of meditation. I got carried away. Now I come back to noticing my breath and noticing my thoughts and I notice them again and I'm curious about them again. Maybe I get carried away, but then I come back and I restart the process. And what you're doing is you're training yourself to be able to notice your thoughts as opposed to get sucked away into them. You're training yourself to be able to look at your thoughts from like a third person perspective so that you get that processing time so you can respond better. That's what meditation has helped me do. And that's what I think it helps other people in terms of uh, training their, their perspective and looking at their thoughts. You put a little distance between you and your thoughts and it, it kind of, it starts to drive home that point that, that you are not your thoughts, you know, yeah. thoughts are just, I don't even know what thoughts are. I have very many of them and uh, I do, I do enjoy a nice negative thought stack uh, every yes. few days, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> so yeah, know when you, you do this stuff, what, what, what do you feel like the difference is for you between when you do it and when you don't do it? Do you notice a significant difference? Oh yeah. I mean, because sometimes have you ever had that feeling where you, you react to something unintentionally maybe you say something to somebody that you really didn't mean but it just came out or you have you just have some knee-jerk reaction it's you don't feel good after that because it 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 wasn't processed it wasn't what you would like to have responded um so yeah i mean when you get caught up in the moment maybe you're angry or you're in a serious situation and you get really sad or upset yeah, it, it, it takes a toll on you because you internalize it more when, when you, when you miss that opportunity, that window of opportunity to notice it and separate yourself from it, then it sinks in a little bit, sinks in a little bit deeper. You, you have a little bit of more residual impact from something like that, as opposed to being able to look at it and respond to it. So yeah, the, the difference is, is really, you know, feeling it as opposed to guiding it. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I noticed with it too, so I, I, I try to combine, I'm not great at meditating. I don't do it as often as I feel like I should, cause I actually have seen the benefits of it, but I do try to write every day, like keep a journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is kind of like a form of meditation for me to put, again, put those distance between what's on my mind and, you know, my own actual mind, you know, to yeah. start to process it and everything like that. Um, but it's kind of interesting 
doing that and doing the meditations and paying attention to those thoughts that come because I found that they do give pretty good insights into things that you wouldn't expect and things that aren't very linear and don't seem causational, but might actually be. So you have something that happened to you or, you know, you, um, you know, you're kind of angry or resentful about something and you don't really know why, and you might not even notice that you're that way. Uh, and it might even be for, you know, weeks or months and sometimes actually sitting down just with your own thoughts over time you can start to pick up the patterns of the type of thoughts that come into your head and then you can start to kind of like trace back where that came from so it's like small things like if i'm you know if i'm like pissed off about something then i realize that it's because like my wife has a certain thought on something and I haven't been able to reconcile it. And then rather than just stepping up and being like the bigger person about it, I get like all, you know, pissy and shitty about it. And then over time it festers and it boils. And then the meditation is kind of the way that I can step back and see, okay, I've been having these same thoughts, you know, for five days in a row what is the real deal here and you you can get out of that you you could take back control of the way that you feel and the way that you process it i don't know it is it's interesting yeah no that's one of the biggest things is after doing that for a while and being kind of consistent with it and especially like what you just mentioned you'll you'll journal and that can help you track and see the patterns in it. And I think that's 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 so big because there's not like a one size fit all for that stuff. It's people people grow up differently and they have different beliefs and they have different experiences that shape the way that they see the world. And it's your job and nobody else can do it other than you to really discover what is it that what is it that you you consistently think and consistently believe that creates the outcomes that you then feel and see in your life so exactly yeah exactly dude all right so on here what i want to do is i want to run through your i want to flip your show's script back on you surprise oh, motherfucker. Yeah. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so I know that you've kind of got a flow. This isn't like set questions or anything, but we already did the intro. So what is one big and unique mindset tip that you want to actually share with everyone? So my biggest mindset tip has to do with my main like core message. And that has to do with, it's actually, it's, it's what I said before, but I have to reiterate it because I think it is just so important. My biggest thing that I can tell people is that if you can learn how to control the way that you perceive the world through your thoughts, through your beliefs, through the meaning that you give, you can quite literally control the reality that you experience, how you feel about it and how you respond to it. So my, my call to action is figure out how you think and figure out how you perceive so that you can learn to change it. Okay. And so in order to do that, 
I'm sure this didn't come as uh, the easiest thing to do. I mean, what what were some of the bigger challenges to actually getting to that place to be able to even be aware of this and 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 implement it? Yeah. So, well, the first step is acknowledgement that <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, sounds like a sounds like an AA meeting or something like that. But like the first the first step is to acknowledge that um there is there is a better way to 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 think and to feel to experience than the way you currently are right now and i mean if you have and everybody's human right everybody's had issues but um if you can notice that that's kind of the first step and i think your question your question was on the line of maybe what challenges there have been um in in coming to that and the challenges come most most often from the upbringing and your surroundings and your like your normal habits that you do every single day this has been probably the biggest struggle for me is that y- you're not always put in the perfect situation in the perfect environment to study this kind of stuff and learn about yourself because how many other people do it like how many other people around you are focused on personal development or focused on figuring out how to understand their thoughts better. Like people don't talk about it very often, but it depends, right? It depends on who you're surrounding yourself with. The biggest challenge to learning this stuff and the biggest challenge that I've had is that, I mean, for the past three years here going to to college, I've lived in a fraternity. I've lived in my fraternity and there's, trust me, there's great things about that. And there are not so great things about that. And Sometimes the not so great things comes from the environment that you're putting yourself in. And so that's that's probably been my biggest challenge. And I would encourage other people, right? If you're trying to learn this stuff, try to get around other people that that want to as well. Try to get, and if you can't, that's why we have books. And that's why we have people that are teaching this stuff elsewhere. And you can fill yourself with that information in order to get there easier and quicker. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, same thing, same thing here. Same thing with living, um, living in Portland. I'm living at, at, at my parents' house right here. And sometimes, you know, there's conflict or, or stuff going on in the house that I just don't want to be a part of. I want to be away from it. So I have my own little home office kind of on, on this floor with a great view. I showed you it earlier. Right. And, uh, I'm able to separate myself from the environment so that I can, I can learn better and I can, I can, you know, focus and work on this kind of stuff. Um, that's been the biggest challenge and, and that's what I'd recommend for other people. So how do you incorporate the stuff of meditation into dealing with your environment? Even when, like, if you don't have a choice, because that's, that's what I've heard. One of the goals of meditation is, and that's one of the most successful ways I've been able to use it is try to meditate in a space that you can, you know, have some peace and quiet, but the goal is to sometimes bring that into your daily life so you can almost be meditating regardless of the situation that you're in i mean how how have you done that or do you yeah yeah well so when you when you practice meditation it's 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 practice for the real game which is yeah which is real life (laughs) it's practice for the time where something pisses you off or something comes up, uh, a challenge comes up. That's what it's practice for. And that's what's important to remember is that if you're meditating, 
know that that's you know that's you practicing and when it's game time and and something comes up something like a challenge comes up that you would usually overreact to that's when you need to basically tell yourself and this is this is what i've done before i'm like oh it's game time it's time to <laughs> it's time to figure this stuff out because that's what i've been practicing for that's what i've been yeah. practicing for so and, and it almost gamifies it and it does and and that's a really useful tactic uh in order to bring it into the real world into the challenges is like if you're working on this stuff, kind of think of it as a game. How well can I deal with this challenge, with this situation? It's kind of that whole growth mindset-esque, and that's kind of how it ties back into sales a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you definitely uh, need to bring some of that uh, goose fraba into sales, especially as things fall apart late in a deal. Uh, they get sabotaged by somebody higher up in your company or theirs um yeah sometimes when you want to uh reach through the phone and fucking strangle somebody you gotta (laughs) let me let me take a step back here exactly exactly so so all right so what is you're doing a lot dude you're doing a lot of shit as like a what are you 20 21 21 you're doing a lot of shit as a 21 year old and kudos to you man and that's all the compliment i'll give because don't fucking stop you can't settle on that but Uh as you're doing this stuff i'll go back to your question what is like a big aha moment you had in terms of getting into both the tech stuff and then also into this personal development stuff i think that so when I was growing up, my my dad always used to call me the Renaissance man. He'd say that. It's supposed to be French. I, I actually went to a French immersion school, for like preschool through middle school. So it's French. Oh, word. bonjour. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's supposed to be Renaissance, right? And it's uh, it's what he means by it when he says, "Oh, you're Rena- Renaissance man," is that you can you can do anything right or you could be anything or you can take on a lot of things at once you can be a lot of different things and one of the biggest aha moments that i had was probably the first time i put myself outside of the box in theater and then again it probably happened when i got into sales was that that experience of thinking, okay, there's no way I could do this. At least I, I just, I don't see a way. <laughs> and then just trying, like just taking the leap, just being like, all right, whatever. If it doesn't work, whatever, like what it, what did I really lose? And getting over it and taking the leap and, and finding out what's possible for yourself. So the biggest aha moment I had was when I, I realized that, you know what? I actually could pretty much do anything if I put my mind to it and I wasn't afraid to just try it without just putting it off and saying, you know, putting up the wall and just saying, okay, that's not possible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think comes from that, that, that moment of going and trying something new that's outside of your comfort zone? I mean, like, what have you seen that do for you? Well, the, well, for one, it builds confidence, right? If you sure, if you like, go, you know, if you take take on something new, it builds builds confidence. It also builds your repertoire of 
experiences. Listen, I mean, if you never, if you never try something new, then you're never going to expand or grow or be uncomfortable so that you can grow. And you, you, you kind of got to be uncomfortable. There's really no way to get around it. Um, you got to be a little bit uncomfortable in order to, to grow and get there. But yeah, I think that in order to, in order to really figure out, you know, who you, who you are in a way, you gotta be willing to take some risks. You know, nobody's really going to go very far by staying in their own head and being stopped by all of the excuses that you could let stop you. So I think that what it does for you is it, it lets you discover a little bit more about you, build your confidence, shape yourself. And it also exposes you to a lot of other people which then exposes you to a lot of other opportunities. That's one of the things that I've been very grateful for in terms of sales, especially is just getting to meet so many people. It's awesome. You make so many connections. Yeah. So yeah, and you get to see people in all different ways of like walks of life, all different mindsets, all different objections. You get to really see a bunch of different values and things like that. It, yeah. it starts to give you a, a better sp- better perspective of the like the human experience even because it forces you to get outside of yourself it forces you to get uncomfortable and it does actually challenge your beliefs and what you think you know and it's it's kind of unique that you're 21 and you've got this kind of perspective and i'm sure you'll look back when you're uh 28 that's all i that's the furthest i can give you uh like a old man speech about is uh being 28 and looking back but you'll probably realize you don't know shit about anything uh-huh. but the fact that you know this stuff is is pretty good <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotta say i gotta say you're heading the right direction but dude so um yeah just i guess so wrapping this up is there any kind of piece of advice you'd leave people with anything yeah, what kind of what do you what message do you want to get out to the world? What do you got to say, dude? I, I hate to go back to it. I want to almost try something different, but if I haven't drilled this in far enough about about the perspective thing. The, the thing is, what I want people to know is that all the all the limitations and look there there are some, like i get it like there are some like really really tough things to deal with and really tough things that people do go through and i've been very very blessed in my life so far but what i want to say is that all the limitations that you can come up with and all the limitations other people have come up with it's all it's all fake in some way it's all a way of a way of seeing things that is that could be seen differently all of it and so you shouldn't limit yourself from fake bs you shouldn't let other people's thoughts and beliefs that maybe they've instilled in you or your parents have or your friends have over your lifetime you shouldn't let those stop you you shouldn't let that define you too many people stick with the same mental programming they've gotten from their parents or their friends or they get consistently from their environment, they stick with it their whole life. The only way to do that, to jump out of that, is to experiment with a new thought, a new belief, a new perspective. 
And that's why I think it is so important to learn how to understand what perspective are you coming from first so that you can then change it. So just sum it up, man. Don't let other people's stuff, their thoughts, their beliefs stop you. Learn how to think differently and think for yourself. Hell yeah, man. Agreed. Agreed. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to you doing your show next week. Yes. Uh, I'm glad we could do this kind of show swap here. And um, so before we uh, before we head out, where can people find you? What do you want to have them take a look at, whether it's social, whether it's your podcast? Go for it. Yeah. So you can find me. My podcast, first of all, is called Control Shift Mindset. Almost like it's a on sweet the keyboard. Name. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like on the keyboard, but it's spelled full out all the way. So spelled out control shift mindset. And then um, that's my show. I do a solo episode and an interview episode every week. And eventually, right, you'll be you'll be seeing Chris on. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at my name. So just Michael Bully at Michael Bully. Uh, LinkedIn as well, Facebook. All the uh, all the places you can even find me on TikTok. I'm starting to put some TikTok content out there. I think Woo! that's 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 at Bully's Stories. So my last name, then one S that works for the end and for stories. Bully Stories. Uh, it's called yeah, the Perspective you, Dance. We're, we're releasing we're releasing a new dance on TikTok. There it is. Perspective right? Dance. Perspective Dance. Get ready. Get ready for that. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, website is www controlshiftmindset.com so you can find me there hell yeah dude and i'll put all this stuff in the show notes as well so people can find you but thanks for doing this man i really appreciate it yeah dude it was awesome being on so i really do appreciate you having me all right hell yeah all right thank you everybody have a good one